When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. It's Monday, September 20th. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Goodwin. This is Jeff Schwartz. Smart on you. We will recap week three of college football action, including Alabama scare versus Florida. USC might have a pulse, but first, Gabe... How are you doing? How was your weekend? Your favorite football team looked like they found the quarterback of the future. No, stop. The Braveheart paint doesn't do it for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Keaton Slovis guy still. Dart is cool, but, you know, he seems like a character from Stranger Things. I'm not there yet. The problems aren't solved. Let's stick to good teams. You've got a lot to talk about. We don't need to talk about SC. Well, we will get to SC in a little bit. We'll actually get to my conference I love, the Pac-12, who doesn't love me back with wins. But we'll get to that in just a second. Let's go to my top six we do each and every week. Remember, this is what we see in the field, not who are the six most talented teams according to rivals, okay, or to 24-7. This is just what we see in the field. And number one still is Alabama. I know, I know, I know, Gabe. I know. They had a scare. But good teams win those scares, right? Good teams win ugly games. And I think they got pushed around a little bit in the trenches, but they won that game. We'll talk about Bama more in a little bit. Bama's number one. Beat Florida on the road. Still a good win. Georgia's number two. I moved Georgia up to two. Maybe I had him at two last week. I'm not quite sure where I had him last week, but they won 40-13 over South Carolina. Offense looking a little bit better now. And obviously they're going to be in a, a, a crash course to play Alabama at some point. Number three... There's a couple different options here. I'm going with 
Penn State for now. What? What? They've they they've been two teams in the top twenty so far that are actually like actually good football teams. We'll get to, to Iowa in a second. And I don't think Indiana has any good. They beat Wisconsin, who has obviously Notre Dame this coming weekend. By the way, I will be in Chicago at that game, really at Soldier Field. Um, but nonetheless, Penn State now has they won the whiteout at home against Auburn, an SEC team. By the way, have you noticed that SEC SEC teams as they start to leave the footprint, start losing road games? Have you noticed that, Gabe? Yeah, that, that that's fine. You can you know try to quibble with the SEC. Are you just each week since we've been doing this, you've just pretended that Oklahoma doesn't have a football team. Oklahoma's not playing good football right now. That's why I they're mean, not, come they're not, on, they're not here right now. They're not playing good football right now. It's okay. They again, in a couple weeks, they might be up here. They might be up here. But nonetheless, nonetheless, right now they're not. All right. All right. So we're going Penn State number three. Got it. Number four. I'll put Iowa up there, number four, getting two ranked wins. Iowa's kind of I, unfortunately Iowa's kind of a boring team, so it's hard to like it's it's hard to get into them. Sorry, Hawkeye fans that are listening to this. Fifth is Oregon, who I had in the top four previously, but their game against Stony Brook. I'm tired of them playing so up and down to opponents. It, the first half was atrocious. They're up 17-7 at halftime. They won the game 48-7 to because they put a bunch of young guys in the second half, and those young guys balled out. They played They played their butts off. Um, it was good to see that. Number six is Florida. What? Yes. Dude, Florida needs to be talked about up here. They went toe-to-toe with Bama, and more importantly, they pushed them around. And that, that to me, was the most impressive part of the weekend. They pushed around Bama. Mullen is covered now. What's it? Six of nine uh, games against uh, against Nick Saban. They played him close. You, if I, who do you want to put Oklahoma for for barely beating a bad Nebraska team? Is that what you want to do? You put uh, Oklahoma beat Tulane. Just pick Oklahoma a winner. Beat I don't know. Pick anyone. Oklahoma who won. beat Oklahoma beat Tulane by five five total points, and then beat Nebraska by seven. Who Nebraska might win three games this season. But that, I mean, there's a history there. There's like the game of the century rivalry. There's there's something like everyone got up for that game. They won. They won. It was probably the best play we're we're going to see in a decade in that game. The best play we're going to see in a decade? Yeah, the pick in the Oklahoma game. We're never going to see oh, something oh, like that oh, again. That, oh, the interception, you mean. The interception, yeah. yes. Yes. Look, Oklahoma will keep winning. They'll get their due. Don't you worry. I just, okay. I, I'm, I'm all for the Penn State love in reality, and I think Big Ten deserves a little bit of that if you're going to put a top six together. Sure, keep Oregon in there. Obviously, UCLA loses. Finally, we don't have to keep talking about them in your top six. But <laughs> Iowa and Iowa, Iowa, in, Iowa and, and Iowa, a loser in Florida, like what? I okay. Iowa, Penn State, and Alabama have the only th- three teams I think they have two ranked wins. Now, if you want to include Oregon in there, who beat Fresno State, you include Oregon in there too. Like, is is it is it where you is it where the opponents are when you play them, or is it like at some point when they're ranked? Because like Fresno's ranked now, but they weren't ranked obviously when when Oregon beat them. But they've been two ranked teams. So is Iowa. So is Penn State. So is Bama. All right, but so so other teams that I could easily make a case for ahead of a team that lost Texas A and M, clobbered New Mexico. Looks like they found a quarterback. Yeah, sure. Ohio they beat State Colorado won again, 10 to 7. beat Tulsa. Clemson wins again. It wasn't great, but they beat Georgia Tech. Cincinnati keeps on winning and, and making a case Look, for Heisman at the quarterback they, position. They have Notre Dame in two weeks, does Cincinnati. We'll know more about them after that game. My point of the rankings is always this game. Is in three or four weeks, by about week six or seven, this will all settle back out, right? It'll all settle back out. 
And at that point, we'll have a the, the top six that everyone expects to have. But Iowa, Penn State, and Bama have been two ranked opponents. If you want to add Oregon into that as well, they deserve to be up there as of now. Again, this will sort itself out as it goes on as, as more teams play conference opponents. Only the Pac-12 has one conference, one team ranked. Everyone else has has, has guys ranked. So only the Pac-12 uh, will, will uh, I think the Pac-12 actually has one ranked team left. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, they're, they're struggling right now. They, they are. And we'll talk about them shortly. So I, I'm, I'm, Normally, we we start this show and you don't tell me who your top six is going to be. So I have no way to prepare for this. What I was prepared to talk about was that Florida actually hung with Bama and yet Bama won. And so this season is kind of like pointless. So I would like to talk about that on the other side of the break because your top six is insane to me. And I do want to dig in on Florida Bama, but I feel like I have to like go get a drink or catch my breath before I can really unpack this with you. You're only upset that I, don't, that I have Oklahoma there. Like they don't have Oklahoma there. Otherwise, you're not upset about anything. I'm very upset that Oklahoma isn't in because they're the most they're exciting not, team in, in the country right now. They're the most what? Exciting. I'm using the word exciting. They scored 23 points. It's the first time they've scored under 27 points in the last 65 games. They got trick plays. They, I mean, that that interception was the best thing I've you, seen you, on a football you, field in years. USC is more exciting than offense right now. No, that's nonsense. Don't don't say things like that. You're just that's trolling. You're trying to attempt <laughs> to troll the people who are listening to this in Los Angeles. That's not fair. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. Let's, let's take a break. Back. You you come back on the other end of this break like a little bit more clear headed. Um, this top six is not. I'm not. I'm not clear headed. That's I'm clear. I'm not. I'm clear headed. That's right. what. That's I, you're gonna have that's to defend these takes. You're gonna have to defend this this Oklahoma slander. You're gonna have to defend Penn State being three, and you're certainly gonna have to explain Florida to me because a loser doesn't belong in the top six. Let's do it. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. All right, Jeff, we're back. It's time for me to throw a few things that I think I learned, and then you're going to make me a little bit smarter and tell me where I may or may not have gotten this right. So here, here's my first takeaway. So Florida outgained Bama. They won time of possession. They ran all over them. The run game looked good. And they still lost, okay? They lost. Sorry for you want to put them in the top six, but they lost the game. So I'm just going to say it. The season's finished. Let's pack it up. Let's start over next year. Bama, another championship goes your way. I will say about this game that I am very happy Alabama struggled and it makes me feel like they're normal, like they're human, even though they're probably not. They were two touchdown road favorites on the road for the first time this year in, in, in a, you know, obviously in a true road game with a brand new quarterback and Bryce Young played well for the most part, but Gabe, you're supposed to struggle in these games, right? Like this, it's not normal. Bama were to come in and win by four touchdowns. They were up twenty-one to three at one point, um, and Florida obviously came back, came back, came back. And that two-point conversion play was a disaster. I don't know why the quarterback is riding that thing so long as he was. Um, but you are, you know, you're. It made me feel. I tweeted this out. Like it made me feel normal. It made me, it made the season, which has been a kind of a weird season where there's no real great teams, but but nonetheless, 
that's what's supposed to happen. They're supposed to struggle in this moment. And Florida didn't pull it out, of course, which is unfortunate for them. But my takeaway was a little kink in the armor, right? Alabama was getting kind of pushed up front. But the problem is there's not a lot of teams that can push them up front like Florida can. And secondly, again, it's okay they struggle because that's normal. It's normal for them to not go and blow everyone out. So I liked it. But again, this might have been, you know, this might have been Alabama's only scare of the year, though. I don't know if they're going to have another one for, for quite a long time because they, they, they just don't have them very often. All right. So was it a fluke that Florida could run all over them? I mean, it seemed like they were pushing people around. It seemed like they had a few big, big runs. Obviously, they no, get stopped for the goal Florida line when it matters. Florida, but Florida has always played them well. I'm not certain that this is this is going to be something that that carries over. Uh, you know, they're a very prideful unit. Of course, uh, is that offensive line? They won the Joe Moore Award last year. They they were maybe favorites to win again this year. Um, I, I don't think I, I I don't think enough teams can push them around though. I mean, Alabama's got some big boys up front and they're physical and they've always kind of play well against Bama. So I, I don't think that there's enough teams on their roster. Okay. So they have Southern Miss who cares, right? Old Miss can score and, and that'd be fun to watch lane. That's, and that's at home though. At A&M, A&M to me doesn't strike a, a team that's going to push them around. We'll see. Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State. Oh, geez. Arkansas, which would be kind of fun because Arkansas, they can they can do some pushing around up front. But Auburn. So, like, it's not – there's not many teams left where you're like, okay, they can do what Florida did. That's just why for, for Alabama to lose, it was going to have to be this game probably until maybe they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. Okay, but was there something – you always make me smarter about scheme – and no, they no. Can they I just, can I they if just, I'm Arkansas or one of these teams you just named no, that you think they, has they enough just, weight in their line? What can I learn just, from that? They just pushed them the frick around, man. They like they just like they leaned their weight on them and they just grinded them out. I mean, part of sometimes it is just, it's a grind, just grind and grind. They they just grinded them out, and and that's part of it sometimes, right? Like sometimes it just it just takes some effort and some big hosses and some belief you can do it. And there's nothing they did any different than anyone else would do against Bama. They, they just physically won in the trenches in those physical matchups, those one-on-one matchups. Yeah. I mean, they did it, uh, and they had Tim Tebow in the building, and they still were not oh. able to pull out the win. So oh. that tells uh, of me Of course. Yeah. Of course. That, that's, of course, you, you have to, you have to, to, to well, go there. Well, I mean, if, if he's there inspiring the Gators and they still that's can't it pull it out in the, in the end, then I kind of think the season is hopeless. Let's talk about Oklahoma, though, for a second. I don't know. I mean, Lincoln Riley looks like he just keeps making quarterbacks into NFL superstars. It looks like they're at least they can score 50 against anyone. I don't know enough about their line play. Could they potentially push Alabama around like Florida did in pockets? You know, if if we get to a playoff and they're the team they draw, could they hang with them? They have in the past. I mean, Oklahoma's been able to push people around up front. Um, they've had really good offensive lines. Obviously, spent the Rattler, but the offense is not quite what it's been. I mean, Rattler has not been as explosive. They haven't moved the ball up and down the field as freely as they have in the past. Remember, game they scored three points against Tulane in the second half and scored 23 against Nebraska, who, again, is is better on defense than Tulane is, but not not really a juggernaut. And so, you know, again, as we're seeing throughout the this year, right, Rattler is now in a second year starting, but last year was a weird COVID year. DJ at Clemson and and then some, you know, CJ shot Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, at Ohio State. Sometimes it just takes some time to get things going with a new offense, with a new quarterback. Not new offense, but with a new quarterback, with a young quarterback. And you're going to have ups and downs. We, we see guys like Mac Jones and Tua who have one or two years starting, and they play so well. 
And then you're like, oh, that's normal. No, no, that's not normal. None of that is normal. And what we're seeing now with some of these teams is the normal progression of, hey, look, our young guy has to improve. Either it's Spencer Rattler, who maybe there's tape on him now. They figured out what he's good and not good at, and they have to, and they have to, you know, make sure that Oklahoma figures out what that is and, and changes his game or changes the offense for him. But th- there's there's just the explosive nature of the offense just not there, and so. Defensively, they play better against Nebraska than I, th- than I thought they would. Even Nebraska offensively, Adrian Martinez can only really run the football. But nonetheless, I don't. Oklahoma's offense has not been as as juggernaut as we've seen in the past. Okay, but I mean, they put up seventy something points a week ago. So I, that was yeah, my it's Western Western Carolina. All right. Well, you know, this was my second takeaway of the weekend. What I thought I learned was that Oklahoma's exciting as hell, and I don't know if they're elite or mediocre you know, sort of masquerading as elite, but I'm buying their stock. And until they run into Alabama or Georgia, I don't really see anyone who can mess with them. They might play closer than they should, but they're going to make it fun. And they're clearly got better athletes than anyone else they play. And their schedule's nonsense for the next 10 weeks, it seems. So I I don't know. I'm buying Sooners. I mean, their schedule makes it so you can buy them, right? I mean, like, that's part of it is that their schedule is not that tough. Iowa State does not look like the team we thought they'd be this year, right? Brock Purdy uh, just is – the offense hasn't been as special. Texas is – what's Texas? Right? I mean, there's just not a lot of competition for them in the Big 12. They could easily run the table. And I don't think anyone – and look, and then in the end game, if they run the table, guess what? They'll be in the playoff. They'll be my top six. Actually, they'll be my top four probably. Yeah, well, they'll be the – probably be the three seed. Right, I mean they're they're gonna they're Probably, not gonna yes. get they're not gonna draw the four. They're not gonna have to play Bama in the opening round if if they win their conference and look as good as we think they'll look. They're not gonna have to play Bama opening round. Cor- right? Cor- probably not. That'd be like that Oregon. was a long pause. That scared me for a minute. There. That probably would be like Oregon. <laughs> yeah, right. If so, Oregon probably wins the Pac-12. Oregon probably takes the four. They go into Bama as a. 12-point dog or something, or not into Bama, but they play Bama in the opening round. And then we'll see, you know, Clemson and Oklahoma or or the SEC's best, second best team in Oklahoma. That seems like where we're headed, right? Which sets up this point. I, I mean, think I a mean, lot it's, of it's, it's we're, we're probably headed for the best SEC team, the second best SEC team, and then like Oregon, Oklahoma, Ohio State. And maybe this is a year where Cincinnati gets in. I mean, if they beat Notre Dame, they're live to get in, I think. Well, so, so let me ask you about that, because I think some fans are kind of wondering where we are um, with, with sort of there's the top those teams that you just said. And then it's just parody of mediocrity. Right. There's just a lot of like, I don't know, man, like any of those teams might be the four and none of them can actually compete with Alabama. So is that sort of are we just stuck in a rut? Are we just stuck in the everyone Cincinnati kind of phase? Uh, yeah. So it's pretty interesting because. I, I generally like really good teams and they're fun to watch. The film's good. Offensive line's good. They play crisp football. And we've seen for a lot of years now, we've had two or three teams every year that are really elite. And I think we have, I think, I mean, is, is Bama, I know they survived Florida, but maybe Bama's the only one, maybe. I mean, Georgia, there's still questions offensively. Now they put again, better against South Carolina. I get that. And we'll see as they go. I mean, there's people very high on JT Daniels. So I'm hopeful that, you know, they could be that team. But you look at the top of every conference. Oregon is a team that plays way too up and down, right? They play up two opponents, down two opponents. In their quarterback situation, uh, Anthony Brown got hurt, but will probably play against Arizona. He's not like... 
he's not a guy that you're down seven on the road who's going to lead you to win that game. And they can afford a loss because um, of where they are after being Ohio State. But Ohio State, right, defensively still not really crisp. C.J. Stroud did not look terribly well against Tulsa. Maybe it was a little bit of a hangover with the Oregon win. Uh, some Oregon loss. Oklahoma, I've mentioned them enough already today. But then who's second or third? You know, The ACC, by the way, outside of Clemson, Dumpster fire, just like the Pac-12, but Clemson's not all that great, right? I mean, you can easily see Clemson dropping a game or two in the ACC. And this does set up a situation where, you know, maybe Cincinnati, this is the year they get in, or the, the year F- uh, Fresno. Maybe Fresno goes 12-1 and one with a win at UCLA. I'm just saying, I'm trying to like a group of five teams. With one loss, probably not happening. Coastal um, Carolina, I feel Coastal like I Carolina, Coastal. Um, and so there's, I think there's an opportunity, maybe this is the year. But again, the big difference, and I keep going back to this, is the conference schedules, right? Cincinnati is going to play a bunch of duds for nine weeks in their conference, where these other conferences are playing much better opponents. And that that's the hard part when you have to evaluate whether or not a group of five teams should be in. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So they beat Indiana. They, you know, maybe they beat Notre Dame. But if they beat Notre Dame, they could be in. But if they don't, then there's no chance to get in, right, Gabe? So, no, that'd be um, but, but it is, it reminds me of 2007. If you remember uh, 2007, we were, Oregon got up to number two in the country that year. There were like 11 teams that were number two that year. It just every week, just someone was rotating in and out of that two spot. Upsets, parody, and this is going to be one of those years it feels like where it's completely wild. Because guess what? The quarterback play just not been as good as we thought at these at these top programs. A lot of what happens, obviously, in, the, in football uh, depends on what your quarterback does. It's interesting you say that, and this is a very uninformed question I want to ask, but do you think that this the transfer portal has something to do with that? I feel like some of the very top programs have guys who are just kind of like moving around like free agents in, in the NFL. And you get guys who have, have no history in a program, just show up one year and are expected to be a Heisman contender and carry a team to a national championship. And I, I guess maybe I'm thinking of Georgia or... Yeah, but we haven't... But really, that's not really the issue at, at Clemson or Ohio State or Oklahoma... I mean, obviously, Oregon, there's a transfer portal, right, with with Anthony Brown, but they played Ty Thompson, their, their true freshman, uh, a half against against Tony Brook. Um, so, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's that way. Um, but transfer portal has other concerns, in my opinion, but not not that. And I think it's helped him. He's helped UCLA. I've lost to Fresno, but you know, the teams can use a transfer portal as like an NFL for agency, right? You just go and you find yourself a couple teams, a couple guys that help you. But I don't think that's what's happening with quarterback play this year. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if you're going to uh, propose like, a better it, theory as to what's like, going wrong. It's because it, look, it's it's not really good. In, look, there's two conferences that really stink right now, right? The ACC and and the and the Pac-12. It's just, the quarterback play is not good. I mean, Sam Howell is supposed to be great. He was better against Virginia, but he's not like top five pick like we thought he'd be, right? You know, obviously DJ has not been as good at Clemson as we thought. Um, and, you know, Derek King at Miami has just been okay. You know, where, where is the, where are those guys in, uh, you know, out out in the ACC we thought are going to be studs? The Pac-12, right? We just haven't, we haven't seen the quarterback play like we thought it would be, right? Keaton Slovis has been up and down, then got hurt. Jaden Daniels at Arizona State hasn't been as good as we thought. Anthony Brown's been good, but not just okay. It's just, it's just game. It's a weird year for quarterback play in college football. Just not as good quality as we thought. Look, go to the... The, the Big 12. Spencer Rattler hasn't been as good as I think people predicted. Texas already switched quarterbacks. Brock Purdy, I would say, got benched. I mean, it's just, it's just a year where maybe the quarterback play is not as good as it's been in the past. All right, let me throw this at you. Before we move to SC, because you brought them up, 
I heard some guys talking today, um, and they were wildly speculating that maybe some of these guys, and you just named a few of them, who took a whole lot of money, and, and no reason they shouldn't have, but who took a whole lot of money with the new rules with NIL, maybe they're not living, they're just the, the pressure, or somehow being basically a semi-professional is not working out for a few of these guys. And all of a sudden, they're expected to be seven-figure earners, and they can't, they can't hack it. Is that? I mean, I don't believe that, but that's something I've heard. So the thing about some of these NIL deals is I'm not quite sure how much these players are actually getting because, as we know this, right, a lot of agents report deals that really aren't the actual numbers. No, agents and rounding up. Right? But, like, but, like, if you're, like, example, like, you're, you're Quinn Ewers. You're the, the true freshman at Ohio State. There was a point where like he had a million-dollar deal with, like, a million company. So there's an argument to be made that that deal was done um, you know, because of um, uh, because of his his pro his pro potential that he you know it was done because you know they're they're saving basically saving up for when he's in the NFL. But if he doesn't play this year, doesn't play next year, he's not making a million dollars on his deal. There's no way they're paying him to sit on the bench. So I'm not sure it's it's it's, it's pressuring players that that aren't playing now. Excuse me, players that are playing now. But I do think it makes roster decisions a little more interesting, right? What if? Some big booster calls like, hey, man, I'm paying this player a bunch of money to come to our school and you're not playing him. What happens? I don't think that's happening yet, Gabe, but it's interesting to keep in the back of our heads as we move forward into a new era of college sports. Yeah, well, when we have these schools, because we, we've talked about this on this show just in the in the last few weeks, when you have a, a quarterback room with two or three potential NFL players in it and s- some company is throwing some money behind one of those guys and he can't get on the field there's going to be some weird pressures or he's going to leave or he's going to, he's going to go find well, yeah. the other starting job. Well, yeah, but, but that's like, that's what this always is, right? I mean, there's always going to be transfer portal now. That's what the game is. All right. Well, so then let me use that as a segue. Um, and this isn't to talk about FC for no reason, but obviously USC was the biggest, you know, college football story all of last week. So they get rid of Helton and uh, now they're back. They're back. The quarterback got injured, and so now they have the freshman, Jackson Dart. That's a real name. He throws for like 400 yards and four touchdowns, a couple picks as well. But uh, they beat Washington State. Everything's fixed. There's nothing wrong uh, in Southern California. USC is back, and now they have two quarterbacks. So clearly, you know, one of those guys is going to go be the starter somewhere else, right? They're just problem solved. USC job is the dream job for everyone. They've got a bounty of quarterbacks. I'm being sarcastic. Obviously, things aren't. Fixed. I get it. Yes. So, it's it's interesting about you know the, the USC comeback. It was a good job. The first half they looked dead and lifeless, and, and, I'm, and I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know if Dante Williams will, will get this job, be because of it, um, but we'll find out. Uh, Jackson Dart did play well with his with his with his brave heart uh, eye black. Yeah, on. I didn't like that. Um, it was it was odd for a young kid, but nonetheless, again, that's a little that's a swag, right? He ended up playing ended up playing well. The USC job is really interesting because obviously everyone's going to be connected to the USC job. I think they need one of two things. You go two directions, in my opinion. You go young, energetic coach who's been a head coach before. I think you need head coaching experience. Young, energetic, like amazing recruiter, like a fantastic recruiter. Just recruits his butt off. You hope he hires two good coordinators, right? Offensive coordinators. Or you go you go uber experienced. Like I don't think you can hire a guy who is an assistant coach right now. Only only you you can hire a guy that, that like isn't um, that isn't like um, you know isn't isn't experienced. 
Like you, you have to hire someone who is either young, energetic, but has experience coaching or kind of old and wily. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I get I, it. I, 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 so I know like Colin Coward has suggested a pro coach. Interesting. Like Doug Peterson. I, I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's what they with Pete Carroll, obviously, but you can't like Dante Williams to me and I, he might win the job. I mean, who knows as a coach right now, but He's just, he's never coached before. He's never been a head coach before. Like, I, I don't think USC can make that mistake again. They got to hire someone who has proven to win either at a smaller level school with the high energy, recruiting their butts off, or kind of like stately veteran who knows what they're doing. And I don't know who that's going to be, but it's not going to be the names we think it's going to be. It's not going to be James Franklin, in my opinion. It's not going to be Matt Campbell, maybe Luke Fickle. The one name to watch out for, kind of in that category, is Bill O'Brien. Oh, God, really? Bill can coach, man. He can coach. He, he's not a good general manager in, in the NFL. Duke can coach, though. Um, so I'm just curious to see where they go, where they go um, as we uh, as we continue to uh, to move forward down the season. Everyone's gonna be mentioned for it. Uh, my my last thing on USC. I know this is not a podcast only for for USC and Pac-12 listeners. I don't think the job is as good as people think it is, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So obviously the recruiting is in the area. The athletes are there. But again, you're not always going to, you know, everyone says, oh, the, the, the quarterback starting for Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, and Iowa State or something like that are all from California and, and Arizona. Okay. But USC also got a five-star player three years ago, JT Daniels. It's not like they don't get five-star players. Jackson Dart's a high four-star quarterback. It's not like they're not getting these players now. They're not imagining going to get all the five-star quarterbacks in California to come to USC. Um, USC alone, though, they won last one championship game in 2004. Recruits were barely born in 2004. They don't care about the past. They care about the future. It's why, in my opinion, Texas, Michigan, USC, Miami, Florida State, they worry about the past too much. What we did in the past, what we won in the past. You got to worry about the future. You got to worry about the future. There's a lot of boosters there that want to say, Gabe, what happens at USC. A lot of, a lot of hands in the cookie jar. Can Mike Bone, the, you know, the AD, kind of keep everyone away? Obviously, it's win or bust at USC. You know, if you don't win in a couple of years, you're you're out of there. Unlike when Pete Carroll came to to USC, there was no Oregon then. There was an Oregon now. They have an Oregon problem, right? Oregon's a top ten recruiting school, and they're going to be a playoff team hopefully in the next couple of years. I don't. I just don't think the job is as good as people want it to be. I think it's as good as a coach can make it, and you hope that it's good enough because. Um, you know, because you know, you hire the, the coach that makes it good enough. But I just don't know if it's, you know, people have it as a top three job. I, don't, I just don't see that. Well, okay. But I mean, the reason would be that it shouldn't be that hard to recruit kids to play at SC. But there the, is a they, tradition. They, Gabe, they had the seventh best recruiting class in the country last year. It's not okay, like so that should, they should be able to maintain that. And it's a we just spent time talking about how this conference is nothing special. And outside if of Oregon. Outside of Oregon. So that means if you you know, beat up the Pac-12 South and beat Oregon, you're in the playoff. I mean, it's it's an easier path to a chance at a title than almost anywhere else in the country. And you're you're in L.A. Like, you're walking into the NFL after a couple good years at SC. Guaranteed. Pete showed the path. So, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a pretty good job. It's a pretty good job. I don't think it's, like, a top three job that people think, like, want it to be, essentially. Where would you – I mean, it's not fair. I hate it when people say that Alabama's a, a better job. No, see, well, so, so I, so I, I guess the question is like, see, here's, here's the, the thing that I always have trouble with, with, with discussions, Gabe, is Alabama's a good job because Nick Saban's there winning right. now. 
so what so you know, if you were to say best job in the country you'd be like is it is it Georgia is it is it you know photo recruiting ground history of success there is it Texas is it LSU people said LSU I even seen people talk about Kentucky right like unfireable if you win eight games you're never fired at Kentucky like I mean it's like you know Mark Stoops will never get fired at Kentucky I don't so I don't know if Alabama is the best job in the country but you know Texas LSU I mean they have the resources and the passion the fan base so like I just don't know what makes a job is good anymore because recruiting is national now. Like you don't have to be, you know, 30 years ago, USC had a huge advantage recruiting Los Angeles because they, you know, the South wasn't coming to Los Angeles. Clemson wasn't coming to Los Angeles recruiting players. Now recruiting's national. Like you don't have that built-in advantage you used to have. I think the game is much different now. And I don't think USC is as good of a job as people think. And we'll find out who they hire whether or not we could obviously make a judgment on that at, at the time, whether or not we think they got the guy they wanted, because in theory, if your job is that good, you say, Hey, urban Meyer, do you want this job? And he says, yes. Right. Or Bob Stoops or James Franklin or Matt Campbell, Luke. I mean, Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle would, would clearly do it, but you know, a, a coach is who's Mario Cristobal, Oregon, Mario, do you want the job? If it's that good of a job, he'd say yes, but I don't think it is. Well, Okay. That, but let's talk about a couple other names, and then we can we can wrap it up here because we've got chances to talk about this and a whole lot of other storylines on our more NFL focused show later this week. I, I've heard Eric Bieniemy's name a lot. I don't really believe too much of that, but I I want your take on it because you've had some of the smartest things to say about Bieniemy. Feel like you're you're closest to yeah. him of anyone talking about these these positions nationally. Why not him? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think he'd be a really good. I think he'd be a better college coach than pro coach. Uh, just the way I've been around him, and just I think his his ability to recruit would be at a high level. Um, it's a good question. You know, again, he's been a head coach for a little bit of time at Colorado, and I just don't know if that's enough experience. I think this job requires someone who just has been a head coach for a good amount of time. But can't you hire yeah. any assistants you want? I mean, if you get if you're so so part of so part of the process of a job interview is putting together a list of, of coordinators you could hire. And so I don't know what I'm not, I don't know what Bienemy's list would be. I, I don't know. But part of that is like, okay, here's the list I'm gonna bring in for, for coaches. And maybe they don't like the list the teams he's interviewed with. I have no idea. I, well, I mean you're basically getting a shortcut to the Andy Reid coaching tree. If you bring in Bienemy in, then he can bring in some coordinators. Some of them presumably if, if those guys want to go, if those guys want to go to college, but it's not like going to Nowheresville, college town. You're going to Los Angeles. I know, but there's the recruiting part of it, and moving your family there. Like it's, it's. I just not all pro coaches want that. All right, well, let me ask you this then, because I live here in LA, and and I would say, obviously, if you're a head coach at a major program, you're making plenty of money, right? But if you're the head coach at Florida. Versus the head coach at SC, boy, you, a lot of your paychecks disappearing at SC oh, in yeah. California, and it ain't in Florida. No. So to your that's point, why Clay, that's why Clay's making a bazillion dollars a year, or was making a bazillion dollars a year, right? So you got to make up for that in some way. So do you th do you think that that's on people's minds? I mean, they're already millionaires if they take the job, but are they worried about those extra couple of millions? Uh, I think it's always a concern, but I think family life is, is a concern too. Like. You know, some people just don't want the hectic, the hectic Los Angeles lifestyle. I mean, do you want to live? Some people don't. I mean, I'm fine with Los Angeles. You're obviously fine with it, but some may, families might want to stay in Ames or in Happy Valley or 
I mean, I, I know it sounds silly that we you know both of us are LA guys and and I love Los Angeles, but some some people might say, you know what? Yeah, I might make a couple million less to stay where I'm at, but the quality of life is more what my family wants is better for me. We've seen plenty of coaches say that before. It's not like a surprise when coaches say, hey, I'm not taking this job because my family situation is much better where I'm at now. Yeah, well, no, listen, if you, if you said here's three million bucks and you can go be the next coach at Texas in Austin or come work at SC, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about living in Austin with my $3 million salary and the potential to run that program. I have to consider that. But short of that or a few other jobs, I feel like you just roll the dice and hope that it works out for you for a couple of years in the Pac-12, and then any job in the country is yours. But who knows? we got plenty of weeks to talk about this. We'll see if yes, they can we, we, string we, a few we wins together, and then this gets more interesting. Uh, anything else from the college game that we need to talk about? No, a lot of parody, man. We'll uh, we'll have obviously more to talk about each week as as we get um, as we get closer to uh, to the end. I mean, it's already been you know we had week zero plus three weeks. It's wild. Yeah, and the college uh, college game is not all we talk about on this show, Jeff. So we're back on Tuesdays, focusing on the NFL, but we'll hit a few college storylines there. And then on Thursdays, you're making picks. You get us Ooh. some college picks. You get us some yeah. NFL picks. Tough week this week, huh? Yeah, it was a rough one, but look, it's week two. Uh, we'll we'll bounce back. Uh, we, it's nothing we we haven't done before, so uh, it, was a, it, it seemed like it was a tough week for everyone. And we'll talk more about that on Thursday, obviously. Jeff, I've known you a few years, and uh, if I bet, you know, hundred units every week on your picks, I'd have made some money. I yeah, we'll, we'll, over, we'll, we'll over get the there course eventually. of a few years, you make me money, so I'm going to tune in on Thursday and see who you're picking. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, but we'll, we'll get, we have a long season left. So thank you guys for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe, and we'll be back on Tuesday with our NFL show. Take care, everyone. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings, just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.